Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I am doing well. It's Wednesday, March 9th, and this is the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I'm normally not into Wednesdays, as you know. Yes. But today, there's a lot to talk about, so... Uh, I'm excited about this Wednesday. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So many moves. We did not have a show on Monday, um, and we thought about doing a little supplemental show yesterday, uh, but we didn't. So here we are, yep. and we got a lot to talk we about. a lot to cover. So let's jump straight in, uh, and a lot of this is going to be NFL-related things uh, associated with free agency. We also are going to hit on one of the... Um, the play-in tournament teams uh, within the NBA as well. But before we go there, let's uh, let's stick with the NFL. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers, who now have their quarterback ready to go. Yep. And, oddly enough, it's their old quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's sticking around. He's sticking around. So he'll probably run his time through retirement, right? Most likely. The, the report was that he signed a four-year deal, but he said he hasn't sign anything yet so we'll be i'll be interested to see what type of contract looks like for him i imagine he probably won't try to go somewhere else since he decided to stay uh but i imagine the deal will be at least for a couple years uh but it's gonna be one of those things where they have now they got aaron Rodgers back which is helpful because now they franchise tag Devontae adams so yeah. now both of them are gonna be back yeah. for at least next season which is a big help for this team that that we mentioned before that if they lost on to Adams and Aaron Rodgers, they really didn't have anything to go off of. Uh, so that's really, really good for, for, uh, for the Green Bay Packers as they try to see if they can finally make it past <laughs> the first few rounds of the playoffs and make it all the way to the Super Bowl, which they have not been able to do in quite some time. Um, they would have to have some really good free agency this year and good drafting to, to f- turn things around because the team they have right now is proving that they cannot make it past the hump. Yeah. But uh, it's big for them to be able to keep him. Clearly, uh, he was not satisfied with the deals of other teams because mul- multiple weeks ago, I posted Dummy Sports talking about the fact that uh, multiple teams have offers already ready, and that included the Titans, the Green Bay, or the Titans and the Broncos already had deals ready, and they were just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision. So he decided to stay with Green Bay. That's going to be big for him. The other thing that the other side of this coin is Drew Lo- or Jordan Love. Of- where he now is kind of stuck in limbo, or obviously he's still on his rookie deal. Now no one knows exactly when he's going to play. So does he get some movement? Does he? Do teams ask about trading for him? Uh, where does he end up? That's a question that still remains because uh, there's teams that still desperately need a quarterback. Now does Jordan Love fit the mold of a quarterback that they really want? Uh, I doubt it, but he's also in a situation where Jordan Love's probably not going to be satisfied with sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for the next two, three years possibly longer especially because that's going to be the prime of his rookie deal and the opportunity to be able to sign uh, another deal that'd be worth even more money so he's gonna have to figure out what the best situation is for him and what to where to go from there but as of now like I said Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback for uh, Green Bay Packers I'll be interested like to like I said to see the deal if it's uh, multiple years but he can retire at any point he wants to if that would be in the deal or exactly what he what he's gonna do there but uh it's also be interesting to see what this team looks like without um, their offensive coordinator, who is now the Broncos' head coach. Uh-huh. That's where we're offense? going next. Slow it down. Well, slow it down. Yeah, but I, I think it connects though, because 
Because now, what's the offense Aaron Rodgers is going to be running? What's the offense this team's going to be running? Because now it's going to be yeah. completely different. So I'm excited to see what this team looks like. Aaron's fine. He's adaptable. He's adaptable, but is the rest of the team? Well, we'll see. We will see. But let's talk about his old offensive coordinator, now uh, head coach of the Broncos, who has a uh, a new car in the garage, if you will, a new a new high performance vehicle called Russell Wilson. Yes, who's ready to get behind center, take some snaps, and see what he can do with the team. Yeah, I'm very excited about this trade. So this was a big deal. Seattle sending Russell Wilson to the Broncos for Drew Locke. Uh, let's see, uh, Noah Fant, who's actually, I think that's actually a pretty that's a good thing for Seattle. That's for really Seattle. Uh, and then I don't remember the other gentleman. Is it a defensive? Yeah, player? it's a defensive guy. I think it, okay. they used to play for okay. Seattle. And then, uh, I, and then a, what, like a couple of first rounders, a couple yeah. of second rounders. So pretty rich deal. Uh, Seattle uh, fi- finds themselves uh, sort of rich in picks. We'll be interested to see what they ultimately do with all of that. Are they going to? package that together um, and and try to go after somebody else. Um, Deshaun Watson maybe comes to mind. Um, we will see what happens there. But what do you think about Russ landing in, uh, in Denver? Um, you know I'm not a huge Denver Bronco fan. Not a huge fan. Denver Bronco fan. But, but uh, they do seem to have a team that has got a lot of the pieces in place just needing a quarterback to helm to helm the team. So should be pretty big for if you're a Broncos fan. Yeah, I, I think Bronco fans are very excited about the future of their team because now they have a quarterback that can take advantage of the skill sets of uh, Sutton and um, Jerry Judy, who kind of fit the mold of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That's kind of who they, both of those guys have, DK Metcalf and Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tyler Lockett. Those those the type of guys they can, uh, are, Sutton's a little bit of a bigger wide receiver, and then uh, Jerry Judy's a fast guy that can go down the seam, and Russell also knows how to throw deep balls extremely well. That's one of the things that he's very gifted at, and one of the reasons he's had so much success, especially in Seattle, with Tyler Lockett uh, in the past. So right now they've got a good run game going. Um they have a good core there, uh, a good defense, and a good wide receiver core. Now, obviously, the loss of Noah Fant's a big deal, especially with losing a couple first-round picks. You have to wonder if they'll be able to pick up a tight end either through free agency or whatever the case may be. But just to get Russell Wilson in there is going to be a huge deal for him because the Broncos were already in the playoffs last season, so they can get there. But what they're really missing is the engine, the, the the guy that knows what it's like to be in the playoffs, knows how to win football games, and knows how to do it at a high level. And that's what Russell Wilson brings to the table. So I think the way he's been, what he's going to be able to do for the Broncos is going to be able to boost them to the point where I believe they're going to go deep into the playoffs this season. And then the following season after this year, they'll be a Super Bowl playoff or a Super Bowl contending team that will make it all the way to the big game. Because I think what, one of the reasons, well, the, the debate was this year and kind of fading into last year was Aaron or Russell Wilson isn't. Uh, a all-star quarterback. He's fallen off. He's not that great, all this stuff. But his skill set and what he's able to do and the success he's had at Seattle just wasn't matched by the rest of the team. 
Russell by Russell Wilson standards, he's been having great seasons. It was just the offense and the defense could never meet each other to the point where they were playing at a high enough level to succeed. And obviously he was injured for a lot of last season, so wasn't able to play all that much, kind of kept him out. But even with the up and down of the season, not this season, but last season, uh, they were able to get all the way to the playoffs and unfortunately get eliminated by the Rams, but have a high enough seed to have home field advantage and everything. So I think going to the the Broncos gives a nice opportunity for him to prove to a lot of people that that he's not a bust type quarterback and that he still has a lot left in the tank. I think it echoes a lot to Tom Brady type situation. Now Tom Brady and Russell Wilson are two different, completely different type of players, but the, the situation of the narrative that that each of the, both of these guys have fallen off the edge and then all of a sudden goes to a new team and has yeah, success. Yeah, I think I think Russell gets some something back to to his game yeah. being somewhere different. And with, the, with a new set, like an offensive line, a better offensive line sure. than Seattle had, so he doesn't have to run for his life. He's getting older. He doesn't want to do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and a better running back core like he had and a good set of wide receivers and a good defense. Cause, and, and Seattle just got rid of Bobby Wagner. So it's like Seattle's just purging everybody. Well, it's Bobby Wagner's no spring chicken. Right, but he's a leader. They need a leader on that yeah. offense. They need an older veteran guy that knows what they're doing. But in in Denver, they have a good defense that's good enough to be a playoff contender. All Russell Wilson has to do is just lay, level them up a notch or two, and then boom, you're saying to yourself, this team could be in the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. So for the Denver Broncos, I think this is the best choice scenario for them. But then there's the other question, the other side of the coin of Seattle, losing Russell Wilson and getting Drew Locke in replacement, which... Is, I don't think they intend to go, you know. They have to be drafting a quarterback. He'll 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 be in the uh competition rotation. Of course, cuz they traded for him, uh, but that that Pete uh loves to get moving, but that's not the right option for him. I can't imagine that uh, it's just going to be him and Geno Smith <laughs> in the quarterback room. I think they would have to I don't it, the question's going to remain in large part is do they keep their first round draft choices? Or do they trade the first round draft choices to get another player? Which they are very well known to do. And that's what they always seem they they always seem like doing but right now this draft is such a perfect draft for Seattle to change the mold because Seattle was talking about the fact they need to be less um uh, well I can't remember the exact word he said but less um they can't keep doing the same mold that they've been doing they need to change things up on defense and that's why they basically purge everyone from their defensive room now they're getting brand new guys so it makes perfect sense to use those first round draft choices on maybe a quarterback and and then the second round draft choices because you have multiple of those on defensive players because this draft is full of really good defensive players that can boost your defense and get you on a, get you on the right path maybe you can even trade up a slot or two in the first uh first round or whatever but using your draft choices makes a lot of sense here especially if you're trying to turn over that new leaf of, of opportunity. Getting a quarterback is going to be really helpful, get a little bit of competition going. Uh, I just don't think – they obviously need to make a lot of ch- splashes in free agency because that's what Seattle does. They like the veteran guys. But don't be doing a lot more trades where you're getting rid of your draft choices. Save them. Stay in the first round for once in a while, for the first time in a very, very long time so that you can have the opportunity to kind of get yourself on the right foot. The biggest part of that trade, the best part of the trade by far – is the draft choice, but I, we don't even know if they keep them. Is Noah Fant because the tight end room of Seattle has always been pretty, uh, pretty shifty. There's always been kind of guys coming and then guys going, guys coming and then guys going. Noah Fant's the type of tight end that can definitely make some really good plays for you and get you a good enough tight end that gives a nice target for whoever's uh, behind center, and it won't be uh, Russell Wilson anymore. But 
I think Seattle now takes such a big step back. Now, they probably think to their, themselves uh, as of now, like, we're probably not going to be in the playoffs anytime soon. So let's kind of hit the rebuild button a little bit and see what we can do. But if they want to keep any sense of trying to be in the playoffs this season, Drew Locke's going to have to be outside the, out of the door, which also means they need to be on the phone with teams that don't have a quarterback. Um the Steelers and uh, I mean, now the Colts don't have a quarterback. So you can just kind of go around the teams that are left over. I don't think the Steelers are going to want Drew Locke, but look around at the places that are there. See if you can get maybe a couple of draft choices, maybe even a veteran player for Drew Locke, and then see what you can kind of get from there. Maybe even Carolina would be willing to get him uh, depending on if they're able to land the fish that they want to. We don't really know what they're trying to go after, but Drew Locke is probably the worst part of the trade, but yeah. I'm excited to see what they do with it because they have a lot of options. Indeed they uh, indeed they do. Um, now, there's been some speculation that maybe Von Miller might be looking to reconnect uh, with uh, his former team now that it looks like they might be uh, they might be in a, a solid position to make a run for the uh, the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Uh, but it uh, com- comes out today, Pro Football Talk, uh, he's trying to figure it out with the Rams before he, he looks into other options. So yeah, he wants to maybe a reunion less likely than we thought. Well, I I think well for Russell Wilson they trade the Denver Broncos traded with the mindset that Russell Wilson is going to be their quarterback for more than just one or two years, right? They they spent a lot of equity draft equity on Russell Wilson, so their idea is that he'll be around for a while and kind of turn into a little bit of a franchise quarterback for him. So my thought on what Von Miller is going to do is he's probably going to sign another year for the, with the Rams. See if he can go back to back with him because he knows that Von or that Aaron Donald's time is short there. Guys are retiring. Guys are getting older. They're not going to be around with the Rams for much longer. So he's probably going to try to ride it out for another year. See if he can get another Super Bowl with these guys because he's enjoyed it. He's liked the experience of winning the Super Bowl for another time. And then after this season, my thought is he's going to then say after the next season, after the contract is done, he'll say, OK, I want to go back to the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos are not going to just kind of bar him from coming back in, especially with the success that he's having in the games that he's having in the year that he's having, uh, especially as another really big year next season. Then he'll try to go to, his, uh, to Denver Broncos, play there. And, and see if he can win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. That will give him two things. One, an opportunity to play with the guys that he's really been enjoying to play with and probably get another Super Bowl because this team, if you're the Rams, are geared up to, and ready to win. The other thing it gives you is an opportunity to see where the Broncos are going to be at and what type of team that you're going to be entering after the season. Where's Russell Wilson at? Is he is having a little bit of a learning curve. Is the defense still the level that they're playing at? Are they a deep playoff contending team? You see all that from the outside. That way, when you're ready, you can jump back in and I'd be shocked if the if Denver Broncos organization says no <laughs> to to bringing him back, especially after he led his team to Super Bowl 50 victory yeah. and gave them the opportunity to have that. So I think that's going to be the kind of the play for him. I don't think going back right now is the right option. I think he's more enticed to go back now because Russell Wilson's there, and he's like, wow, this yep. that's a that's a t- type of quarterback that everyone dreams of playing with. But I think because that comment where he says that he feels like he's obligated to the Rams first kind of shows that he's really conflicted and wants to go yeah. back to the uh, to the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, but the Broncos be willing to have him back at any time. And my thought is the, the Rams are really getting him back for yeah, one see more if he season. Can run it out one more season and repeat and then, and then go back pop up, pop up to Denver. Yeah. Who knows? Very interesting. So uh, the, the uh, third team 
to figure out their quarterback situation since last time we talked is the uh, the Washington Commanders who had made a play for Russell Wilson. That was turned down, I guess now apparently because Russ wanted to go to Denver instead. Uh, but uh, the Commanders have traded for Carson Wentz. Do you think that's the answer to their problems at quarterback in the <laughs> capital? No, it's it's not. I, I, I think Carson Wentz had his prime and everyone doesn't want to give up on Carson Wentz because of the type of guy he is off the football field. They want to give him opportunities on the football field, but it, it, it just, he had a, at the Philadelphia Eagles, that was the peak of what he's able to do. And at this point, I just don't see any team, unless you have a really good coach being able to use him in, in a productive way and get things done. I saw a lot with the Colts where his deep ball is lacking a lot as far as the ability to lead the receiver. One of the greatest things about his deep ball was it's super underthrown, so the defender gets pass interference nine times out of ten when the wide receiver is trying to get back to the football because they have no ability to throw on the brakes that quickly and get out of the way. So that's going to be a pass interference call. But it's the deep ball is a little bit of an issue for him. He's, we saw at the end of last season the breakdown that the team had uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars get thrown out of the playoffs even though they had an opportunity to. Uh, failing in clutch time to win games. That's some stuff that you have to really wonder, is this really going to work for him? And for me, this trade seems a little bit like desperation from both squads. Now, that report came out today that he got traded. Uh, the package that they did was just a couple second-round picks, a third-round pick, kind of swapping picks a little bit between each either side. The Washington Commanders coming out with with the quarterback obviously but the commanders have been waiting and waiting and waiting for a quarterback to fall into the lab they've been calling teams nonstop. Patrick Mahomes they called uh, or the Chiefs about Patrick Mahomes they called uh, Seattle about Russell Wilson Russell Wilson was more likely but they turned him down and then you go to Carson Wentz and you say maybe he's the answer but the the commanders aren't a bad team I just don't think Carson Wentz does anything to elevate him to the next level. I think they're maybe just slightly better than with Heineke uh, as their quarterback. So I, I don't think that's really the answer to any of the problems. But I think for the Colts, it was more strategic than that because now the report is the 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 Colts are now jumping in on the Jimmy Garoppolo train. So they wanted to get Carson Wentz out of there so they could get to go to the next guy, such as Garoppolo or someone like that, and get into that race and into that conversation. Because um, I'm a little surprised, honestly, how much buzz – Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to create by just having a couple of really good playoff and Super Bowl appearance seasons, and now he's kind of generating some buzz. But it was a smarter move, I think, by the Colts than by the Commanders. I think the Commanders are just so desperate to get someone in there that has experience, has been around the block, knows what he's doing. But as far as I, I as far as I can tell, and maybe I'll be proven wrong with the Commanders, uh, with him at the at the Commanders. But I just feel like he's had his peak. Uh, season and that was with the Eagles and multiple multiple years ago and at this point he just can't seem to get his footing kind of correct and he's just kind of stumbling right now so I think this is probably the last stop for him as far as seeing if he can have success in the NFL if not I imagine he'll just go up to the booth or or do commentating or something like that just to stay in the game of football but as of now I just don't see it I just don't see him making the Washington football team or the commander, sorry, uh, much better as far as where they are right now. Um, so I think it was, like I said, I think it was smarter by the Colts than by the commanders and both sides just wanted to get the deal done. Um, but yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to uh, flip over and talk some uh, NBA play in tournament, particularly talking about the Los Angeles Clippers. But before we do that, um, it's another episode, which means another rumor related to Tom Brady and his retirement. 
Yes. Um, and uh, I think this came out today uh, from who did, who who reported this? Was it uh, Sports Ra- Illustrated? Ian Rappaport, right? I think it was Sports on Illustrated. NFL Network. Did he? I thought it was Sports Illustrated. Uh, it was. Yeah. No. It was the the article is from SI, uh, but. Oh, the actual report. The yes. actual yeah, yeah. reporting of what happened here was on the Rich Eisen show on the NFL Network. It was yep. Ian Rappaport. Um, I guess he was talking to somebody that knows Tom very well, and uh, I guess Tom is known to carry around a water jug. Yeah, drink like, tons of water. Tons and tons of water, and so made a comment, like, I guess I guess we're not dealing with the, the jug anymore, and this person was like, oh, no, he's still got the jug. He's staying in shape. He's doing everything that he normally would be doing uh, just in case. He wants to return. Yeah. Which is, I thought that was interesting because I, I just read the article and I'm personally, like, eh, that's just, he just wants to stay in shape and everything. But then it was the just in case pause, yeah, just right. in case he wants to return. Now, was he supposed to say that? I don't know because Tom Brady likes to keep everything secretive. Yeah. But if he, if he's staying in shape and he's still doing all the same stuff and, and someone that's really close to him still says just in case he wants to return, that kind of points to the fact that this drama with Tom Brady is not, ending anytime soon i don't think it he, will he's just kind of pulling it out see yep. i think behind the scenes there's probably discussions going on with between the buccaneers and him, himself about a possible return like i said i don't think this gets resolved uh, until probably this in july right after the draft and somewhere in there but i think the 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 signs point to the fact that People know that Tom Brady is leaning towards one way or another. The Bucks talking about how they'll leave the light on for him uh, just in case of return. Bruce Arians saying he doesn't want to trade him. Why would he do that? It's bad business. All kind of point to the fact that, and then this comment kind of point to the fact that there's conversations going on behind the scenes that no one knows about, but the conversations are pointing to the fact that Tom Brady might not be done and might not be hanging it up quite yet. Yep, so on we go. I'm sure we will cover this many, many, many times in future episodes of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. Indeed. With many articles on umyeahsports.com. Okay, so let's go ahead now and uh, jump over to the National Basketball Association. Uh, There's a play-in tournament coming up soon, uh, and the uh, Los Angeles Clippers probably will be a part of that. Yeah, they're the number two seed in there, or the number two seed in the plan tournament in their respective conference. Uh, All right, break them down for me, fella. Yeah, so they're the, like I said, they're the second team in the plan tournament, so that's the logical next step. Uh, and so I was watching their watching their game, and I was thinking about it in kind of in perspective of the Timberwolves, and because that's the team that they'll have to play the first round of the plan tournament if things stay where they are right now, uh, and that's it, where they if that's who they were going to play. And as I was watching it, I was realizing more and more the reason why they're behind the T-Wolves. And the reason really being is, and I watched the last few games, which was against the Warriors last night, and then also against the, uh, the, uh, the Knicks a couple nights ago. And both games, the, 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 um, Clippers struggled with getting, shooting the basketball, uh, falling down in holes, they start out quick and then they start just dropping off as for if whether it's from the three point lane, just plain missing the shots. Why, even if they're wide open and just, just kind of missing it. Uh, and that's something they got to really work on because especially against the, uh, Timberwolves, if they don't get hot early, the Timberwolves can definitely take an advantage of that and start to kind of bury you in a very 
deep hole as far as points are concerned. That's something that the Warriors did where they were consistently up by at least 20 points, sometimes more during the uh, throughout the entire game, basically. The other thing that the Clippers lacked was, uh, I think it, it was a lot of, a lot less physical. The the especially the Warriors did a much better job of boxing out the play uh, the the Clippers players from getting the basketball. And there's usually only one or two of them, and then there's like three Clippers players. But that one guy is able to get the rebound and they let their team have a another possession, or they get bullied in the paint. Um, they always just seem to step behind, which is kind of odd because some of these guys, they can get hot and get hot quick if you're the Clippers. But the issue is when they're missing the shots, they just seem like they, all the energy just goes out of that team immediately. And they really struggle with getting anything going after that point. And they're kind of just stuck in this this rut that they've kind of just built for themselves where they can't really get out of it, which kind of causes them a problem in the long term. Because as the game goes along, they need to be able to snap out of it and get back into it and get it out of the hole. And they really were not able to do that. And you saw that especially in the uh, in the Knicks game where the Knicks went on 12-0 runs, uh, 24-0 runs, runs like this that really just showed that this team can is either really hot or really cold and they really don't have a middle ground. And especially when they need to, they just kind of fall apart and they're really unable to, um, they're not really able to kind of find their momentum again because of the lack of energy and the lack of physicality that and that a lot of their guys especially Zubox and these guys they don't have the greatest speed for centers and big uh big guys that we see around the league now like the Joker or Carl Anthony Towns or Joel Embiid these guys not only are big and tall but they're also a little bit quicker now and that's kind of where things are going and they really lack in that speed in their in their centers so that's something that's also kind of prohibited them from having success is they always seem to step behind and when they really could not get back to their shooter even if they kicked if they did a little dribble drive penetration and then kick the ball back out the Clippers would try to get there and then they would just all of a sudden give up uh, if they were in the middle of their shot and they wouldn't really try to get any hand up there or do anything to kind of contest the shot which is also something that really made them struggle and then the other thing was on the other side on the offense a lack of physicality as well where they were just getting the ball ripped from ripped from them uh, when they're in the middle of a shot they really didn't make any kind of effort to stop it they were getting the ball stripped away from them quite a bit and they weren't really able to cause any defensive turnovers for himself so I think if you look at it between the, the Timberwolves and them, the Timberwolves are really good at getting hot early from three. They really get a dribble drive penetration and getting the open guy. They're really physical and they hustle to get to the basketball no matter what. And they'll make get go through guys, which is sometimes going to cause a penalty or uh, a foul, but they're willing to do it because they like the energy. The Clippers are the exact opposite. So I fear if they ever square up, I mean, the Timberwolves could, cause the series to go to four games and be one and done and sweep them right out. And then they have to play obviously the next team and maybe they'll even have a struggle there. It depends on who they're going to be playing in that next game, but they've got a lot of work to do as far as building up some mental toughness and being able to work through the highs and lows that a basketball game brings. And in the last two games, the last two losses, we just really saw them beat themselves because it's not that they're not talented. They've got a lot of really talented pieces in, uh, on their roster, Covington, uh, Norman Powell, Paul George when he's healthy, uh, these and Reggie Jackson, these guys that can shoot the three and get hot, they just have to have opportunities, and they need to get past these emotional 
blocks that just kind of come in as they go. Uh, so the, those are kind of the key points that I kind of saw after watching the game, the kind of the common threads, if you will. Uh, so I, they need to work on that. They've got time to work on it before the playing tournament begins. But if they're not careful, they could slide right out into the bottom part of the playing tournament, maybe even get eliminated without a second opportunity. So they've got to be really careful to turn things around. And uh, Lou, Lou has to do a better job of coaching this team and get them to the, to the point where they're playing the type of basketball that they need to be playing to be a championship-type team. All right. Well, thank you for digging into that for us. I think we're ready to jam. I think we're out of here. You want to do the trivia question? Oh, that's right. That's right. It's Wednesday. It's trivia. It's always trivia day on Wednesday. All right, let's get it started. Trivia. You ask me a question. I have to answer it immediately. I cannot use my phone. I cannot phone a friend. Yes. You are two and one, I think, overall at this point. Yes. As far as trivia is Two and one. So, See if I can keep my winning record. Here's the question for you. Okay. Who is the all-time leader? Who who has been sacked the most in NFL history? Who, which quarterback has been sacked the most? <laughs> in NFL history? Yeah. Oh, my God. You got to help me out on that one. That's like, that's ridiculous. All right. Give me some options. Give me give me some options. Give me, give me, uh, give me uh, three or four quarterbacks. All right. You got Tom Brady. Okay. Brett Favre. Okay. John Elway. Okay. Or Ben Roethlisberger. Or Aaron Rodgers. We'll throw a fifth in there. Well, it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers because you just threw him in at the end. What? <laughs> right? Hey, you never know. You never know. Uh, I think it's Brett Favre. You think it's Brett Favre? Yep. That's incorrect. Yeah. <sighs> Number three on the list. Really? Okay. It'd be Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Ben Big Roethlisberger. Ben. Big Ben, huh? He's been sacked 554 yeah, times. Yeah, I guess Favre had some feet. He got some wheels. He could get out of the way. All right. Well, I fall to 50%. Now two and two. Two and two. On the trivia. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for hanging out. Listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe. Otherwise, we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. See ya. See ya. God bless.